okay? <laughs> Love Talk Radio. Okay. I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You once again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know Just what you've done Good evening, this is Carol Levine, I'm Vice President of NASCA, and this is the Stop Child Abuse Now show, and it's again number 3239, that's what it is, 3239. Now, um, on nights like this, we do have, um, like Michelle Bless is going to be here, she's a minister, she's a survivor of horrific abuse, and we had her on actually, what was it, a couple weeks ago, I think, to tell her story. And there isn't anything I can't think that Michelle hasn't been through, okay? She's from Cincinnati. She's a survivor of severe child abuse. And she wrote a book called Out of the Darkness, The Michelle Bless Story. And that's just her story of redemption. And uh, there's just so much that I could say about Michelle. She's worked in shelters. She's worked in prisons. She's worked on the streets. She's worked all, all different kinds of places. And um, I've done that also, but Michelle's really into other things, and she just does all kinds of things. So I'm always happy, uh, you know, when Michelle comes on because she has so much to offer. So um, let me read the mission statement, okay? And uh, we have a singleness of purpose at NASCA to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so two different ways. Number one is educating the public, especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse. Presenting the facts to show child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. Number two is offering hope for healing through numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Now, you'll hear me talking a lot at times about prevention because if we could only just become more educated as a society and in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our homes, you know, about um, prevention of child abuse, what to look for, what signs to look for, um, things like that. So, And then once we educate ourselves, and, of course, shows like this, I mean, I'm always teaching people everything that I know, and we have other people come on and they teach people, these shows are very important to help with prevention. And so that's what we do, okay? That's one of the major things that we do. And, yes, there's a right way and a wrong way of speaking to a child if you think they've been abused. 
So with that, we, I'm going to tell you the, the NASCA website. Okay, it's N-A-A-S-C-A dot org. That's NASCA dot org. If you go to that website and you scroll down a little bit and you come to the red blocks, as I call them, each one has a topic, okay? And all the way over to the right, not the last one, but the one right next to it, if you click onto that, you have your prevention and intervention. All kinds of articles um, written by all kinds of people about how and what you should do with your children as of today in this world that we live in, okay? Probably should have done it years ago. Actually, I wish it had been done years ago. So it's important. It's important because our, our kids are pray for everyone out there today. I'm not going to get political. No, people don't like when I get political. I do get a lot of phone calls. Don't say thank you. <laughs> we won't go there. So um, the, the point is that, um, you know, with the human trafficking and everything, you know, children are just being abused left and right. Okay. So it's important for people, for, for parents to become educated for signs, and for God's sake, watch out what they're doing on the Internet, okay? That's very, very important. I'll do a show on that soon and um, give you all kinds of updated information on that because, quite frankly, uh, a lot of times kids go out, they meet someone thinking there's someone their own age, and they turn out to be 40 or 50 or 60 or whatever, and away they go. And that's another way that our children are being abused. A lot of human trafficking going on. And that $150 billion industry, thank you. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So we have a long ways to go. But what we can do, what we can do is we can work right in our own home with our own children and get educated, do role-playing, um, you know, the husband and wife, do role-playing. There's articles on that, how to speak to your children on the NASCA website. Do role-playing. That's what they suggest. I agree with that. Because, you know, parents are icky, and they think, oh, I don't want to talk to them about that. And in the meantime, their child is at risk because they don't know any better. They don't know. It's not a matter of just not speaking to the stranger, okay? That's long ago, and we have so much more now, okay? Not that it's not important to teach them that, but it's important to teach them everything, all right? That's important. So, and then also, too, we have, I'm going to say this, because Halloween will come, um, and, you know, people are handing out candy and all kinds of stuff, and uh, they found 15,000 pills that were laced with fentanyl, um, and I did mention this uh, last week sometime, whatever, one of the last shows I ran, and when you have 15,000 pills of, of fentanyl, you see it says, actually, that you're, they're attacking the children, too. So I bring this stuff out because it's necessary and it's important. Okay, so I got that off my chest. Um, Michelle, you just told me something um, that you were, had done a workshop or something or you had um, whatever you did with human trafficking. Do you want to talk yeah, about I, that? Mm-hmm. I would like for that to be a topic for tonight to talk about human trafficking. I want to make all of our viewers and wh- whoever listening, and of course you, Carol, and anyone else that's here with us, I want you to put out, it's a movie that just came out, it's at the theater, and it's called Sound of Freedom. That's right. Um, 
I have to spread the word about this movie. Um, it's really it's an eye-opener about human trafficking. And I did some research. Um, this is what I want to say about it. First of all, um, there is a movie that came out uh, years and years ago called The Passion of Christ. I'm, I'm sure everybody heard of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the person who played the role of Jesus is the person who's playing the role uh, in the in the movie Sounds of Freedom. It's about a, uh, a officer who really is in charge in in the uh, FBI department of following uh, pedophiles and perpetrators who go and collect children for human trafficking or some of the well-known customers who literally rent these kids for their own sexual pleasure. And what I found that stood out for me is this woman who was a a well-known, she was in a beauty pageant, and she, come to find out at the end, she was part of a human trafficking ring. And what she does is she goes and talks to parents or anyone who, any kids that she sees to, that she want to take and introduce herself as this agent, a model, and, and, you know, offer them a lot of money. You know, they let their kids come and do a photo shoot or, or whatever. And what she do when they take them to this place and she tell the parents, you know, y'all can't, y'all can't come in, let them, you know, you just come back and pick them up. And by the time the parents come back, that room is empty and the kids are gone. They are so slick in using people for their own benefit. And this is what I want to say. Anyone approach you about your children, you know, oh, your child is pretty, they should be in a commercial. Okay, they got scammers out here for their own means. Um, But never leave your kid with no one. If, if someone is making an offer to you, then you should be right there. You should stay with your child. Don't trust anyone with your kids. And look for signs of children while you're out in public places. Because, they, because a child that is being abused, sexually abused, or in human trafficking, or anything like that, there are signs. They always have their head down. They never look you in the face or the person that's in their face, that either their hand is being held or someone is, is, you know, they got these kids and they keep them in closed quarters, you know, look for signs. A lot of people don't want to to be bothered or they say, I don't want to get involved. And that's so easy for a person who ain't never experienced any type of abuse to say. But these kids are innocent. And I, I just want people to imagine what these children go through in human trafficking. When they first take these kids, they uh, would drug them, you know, just, you know, pump them up with drugs, mm-hmm. shoot them up with drugs. And while they're knocked out, they have the person who, they'll have that person sexually assault them, called bust them open, you know. So as a girl, they're going to, you know, break her vagina, break her behind, a boy break his behind, and they'll constantly keep them doped up to do this so they get used to it, so they get used to the sex. And then you're talking about, you're talking about they're in a room where, you know, and they keep them fed and clean and everything because their clients are coming in. 
And can you imagine us as adults being raped? But imagine clients coming in, six, seven, up to 10 to 15 men a day having sex with these children that are locked away. And it just breaks my heart. It just absolutely breaks breaks my heart. Human trafficking is real. And like you said earlier, it's a, a you know, I thought you said a billion-dollar corporation. It's a $100 billion corporation a year. Imagine okay. that kind of money every year on the backs mm-hmm. of children. It's, um, I got it from the amen, it's $150 billion now. <laughs> yes, it is. yes, it is. And it's disgusting. It is yearly, yes. And, you know, you put that so well, Michelle. You know, I'm always, like, Lori's here. She says, oh, I'm so glad, you know, that uh, Michelle is coming on. And, um, and, of course, Philip is here also. And uh, so, you know, what I'm trying to say here is the more we educate people, uh, we have the type of shows where we try to educate people, okay? Um, the more people maybe who are listening, maybe they'll say, you know what, I've got kids, maybe I better start listening. We hear this type of thing. And uh, so it's time now for parents to step up, forget about how they feel about embarrassment or they want their kids not to worry. You know, let them go out and they didn't barely do that. I was going to say play baseball. <laughs> They're always on their phones and stuff and playing games and stuff. You know, but the point is, oh, let them be kids. Don't put that on them. What is the proper no. age? Oh, you know, all this stuff. And I have something here where it says if a child is kidnapped and they're out being used for human trafficking, a lot of them don't make it past 30 days. Mm-mm. They didn't go into detail. And, All right, but they and, said a lot of them don't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's and just so horrific. Go ahead. They have, uh, they target uh, children under two. And they have the other children help raise them, or they have the, uh, they call her a madam to get them, you know, to, to raise them until they get old enough to be used in uh, sex trafficking. Um, and it's not just like a model agent will come up to your children. They go into zoos. They go to parks to watch yep. children to see where the parents live, follow them around if they target a particular child that they want. And the, the the industry, the business industry of human trafficking for children is high, and they will go through any means to snatch your children, any means. That's right, yeah. You know, I, I'm a firm believer, you know, your children shouldn't, don't have them alone. Yeah, they in school, that's fine, but I'm talking about outside of that. You need to monitor your kids. You need to monitor who they're talking to. You need to monitor who their friends are mm-hmm. or who they're around. But these mm-hmm. are dangerous signs, dangerous signs. And if you don't, sit, if you don't, if you don't talk to your children, if you don't make them aware, that is what a pedophile and a pervert want. They don't want you to, to talk to your children. If you don't talk to them, they're not going to know what the, the kid what they look for. They they mm-hmm. they'll be easy targets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. You know, once a year, and Michelle, you know this. But once a year, I do a show on the pedophiles where they're, um, I was going to say incarcerated. They're not actually incarcerated, but it's court-ordered that they had gone to this program. And this program had a bunch of pedophiles where they decided to help 
be helpful, all right, to teach people how pedophiles think, how they act, what they do, and so forth and so on. And they give all kinds mm-hmm. of information. By the way, that the um, I sent Bill that some time ago, that article, and that's on prevention and in- intervention also on, on the website. The brown sign, a little brown sign, and you'll see, you know, what it says. So, I mean, it's important that people learn all about that. And um, so we do have things on our website that people certainly can learn from and and use. So that's a good thing. So what we did, uh, putting it out there for them interviewing pedophiles and perverts, they are the best information to get from them. They, if you got, if, if that's what you did and it's out there, then people need to log in, go on the website, and read it. The best information to get against pedophiles is the one is the pedophile that's giving it. That's right. That's exactly right. Because you'd be right. surprised of what they do to lure children. Mhm. Mhm. And uh, mean, th- you know they have. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Well, you're absolutely right, and and you know that they they don't they take their time. It's not mm-hmm. a rush act. Okay. It's all um, grooming. Yeah, and they're grooming them. They're doing all kinds of things. A child who doesn't have much of a home life um, may very well he will try to or she okay mm-hmm. will try to um, you know friend that child. And then even sometimes even friend the parents to a certain degree, all right? So, but enough so that the child oh, yeah. will feel comfortable. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the things they do is so outrageous. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow night um, and, and use that, okay? Um, I don't want to mm-hmm. lose the studio, so I'm not going to go to it now. But mm-hmm. um, the, the point is I do that. I do that once a year, and I might use that as a, a subject you know, material for tomorrow. Because with this human trafficking that's going on, okay, you have to worry about the Internet, too, okay? Um, don't forget, we had a guest, and I'm going to try and contact her. I don't know if I'll be able to, but I'm going to try. And because um, this was years ago now. But mm-hmm. when she was um, 17, when she was 17, um, she was going back and forth with this guy on the Internet, you know, blah, 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 you know. And she mm-hmm. thought he was a 17-year-old kid. And uh, obviously he wasn't a 17-year-old kid. He was around 40 or 50 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, so on New Year's Day, when there's a party going on in the house, you know, um, she excused herself from the table. She said she didn't want any dessert and blah, blah, blah. She went outside because within five minutes she was going to meet this guy. Mm-hmm. And she thought it was this 17-year-old um kid so she sees his car and she goes right into the car opens up the car door boom that's the end of that she's with Mm -hmm. him and he's around 40 or 50 years old now this is a guest Mm -hmm. of ours that we had on Mm -hmm. so he took her um i think it was maybe to a different state or at least it was far away okay and he had a garage a garage set up for this girl he was Mm -hmm. going to torture her and um, he didn't hardly feed her. Um, he had her chained, um, and he would use her sexually as much as he wanted to, and then go off in the daytime and, um, you know, go to his job. A lot of these people have jobs. Some of them have wonderful mm-hmm. jobs, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, that's what people have to understand. 
um, nice houses, nice cars, and 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 uh, you know, there's certainly you know people of, of who look like of status. That can happen too. Mm-hmm. So he was speaking to another pedophile who's a friend of his. Okay, and um, he actually he was telling them all the things he was doing to this girl. He actually made his pedophile friend sick. <laughs> okay. So mm-hmm. he, um, the friend, got a hold of the FBI and told him where the location was, where the house was. Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden, and what time he worked, he knew his work schedule. They were friends, supposedly, right? And they are, they were friends. It's just this guy went too far. It even made him sick. So mm-hmm. um, he knew where he lived and everything. So he sent the, the FBI over there. And they burst open that door of the garage, and he wasn't home yet from work. He didn't want to, you know, I guess there was a lag time there. So anyway, they got unchained this girl who I don't remember how long they had her. I'd have to go back to the story. But he had her for long enough time that she had gotten really skinny. She was um, barely warm enough. I guess they had a heater of some sort in there, but barely warm enough. Remember, this is January, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, just a mess, a mess. So Can I add this is... to the story you just said? Huh? Um, and please, I want to say something real quick. Remember where you left off at. This story mm-hmm. you're talking about, they yes. made, they did a documentary. I know who you're talking about. And they made a Lifetime movie. Yes. Did they, they do that? Yes, they did. I've seen it. I know uh-huh. that one. There was a movie made of, of four women that were being held in a in a house, and um, that's another one. And they made a movie out of that. And this guy, mm-hmm. I mean, his house is okay. They did a story yeah. on her, and, and, and there, was, there was a documentary about that. I remember that story that you're sharing. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. And, well, it's not good that it happened, but it's good you remember. So um, the point is, the FBI got involved. And then um, I guess they closed the, the doors and everything, and they had hidden their cars, all the things they had to do. They were waiting for him to come home. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, they caught him. And I don't know exactly what happened to him, but um, when you have people like that out there, okay, and there's many of them, yes, mm-hmm. number one, you don't let your children walk alone ever, no more. If you go over to the malls, or the kids go over to the malls, say they're 17, 16 years old, 16 years old, they should be able to go to the mall at one time. You could, right? Mm-hmm. Um, never be alone, and you call the minute you get over to the mall. If someone has maybe one who's 17 who's driving, you call when you get there, and you call when you're leaving. This way the mother or whomever is in charge, um, you know, has a little track record there. Mm-hmm. So... You know, there's all kinds of things that parents have to start doing now that maybe they didn't do 10 years ago, say. They didn't mm-hmm. have to. I mean, we didn't think anyway. Uh, human trafficking has been around for how many years? Oh, my God. Uh, a, long, a long, long time. Now, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of human trafficking that they're used for. Um, but, you know, I mean, children are used to, to work like in sweatshops. They brought that back, for God's sake. Right? Sure Maybe it never really, yes. And I'll then they have, 
Now, I was just going to say, maybe it never actually left. I think it just wasn't mm-hmm. as big, okay? So now it's big again. So these kids who are disappearing, um, they, they can be put into that. Or if they're a little bit older, they have them do the motel work where they make the beds and all this other stuff and uh, do that type of work or their maids or whatever. And then you have those who are used for the purpose of sex. Yes, trafficking. Exactly. And it, it's really a, a disgusting thing. And people, they don't, you know, they're so jammed with their heads today, and why not? I mean, you know, with our, you know, try, just trying to live and, and all the violence on the street and, and all the things that, you know, are happening. Um, that's what they think about, but they don't think about human trafficking. Mm-hmm. They don't think about it. They really don't. Um, yeah. Because they're trying to keep their own families together, and they're trying to, you know, make men, ends meet. So, therefore, you have all of this other problems, and then they don't want to hear about it. And it's not going to happen to my kid, right? Mm-hmm. You know. So, Lori, what do you think about all of this? Oh, it's horrible, that's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. It went back as long as kids were made. I mean, back in my day, um, I was in New York. Her name was Katie Beers. And um, it turned out to be, I think it was a neighbor or whatever, he had dug out uh, the tunnel and then he built an underground room for her. And she was reported missing. And, you know, they did the whole search and whatnot. She was like 10 minutes from me. Mm-hmm. And that that kid, by the time you, she was over with it, it you, she was broken she was not the same kid. She just wasn't. I mean, and to see that face, you know, and her head is down. And she doesn't want these people who keep coming at her, you know, like like she's some kind of like freak. So she wanted to go back to normal life. But, you know, I don't really think her life was ever going to be normal. And it's still, I mean, it's worse these days. Of course it's worse because there's more kids and, you know, people are at home and they're not really kind of watching. There's a lot of kids and people have to work, you know, and people know how to slip in and out. Um, pedophiles are, are, I can actually read their eyes. I can tell you which person that is. Say, you line up five guys for me, I can tell you which one by the eyes is a pedophile. And I've caught them throughout the stores, uh, as well as the houses that they have to register for in the neighborhoods and whatnot. And it's sickening. It's totally sickening about the amount. And these are, they're breaking our kids. It's heartbreaking. Well, you know what happens to um, children when they um, when they're sexually abused, and and certainly don't. Don't mistake, you know, uh, physical, mental, emotional, uh, and neglect. This is all abuse along with sexual abuse a lot of times. Many of us have gone through all of that. And there's a damn good reason why we're walking around with our head held down, okay, or the way we were. I don't do that anymore. (laughs) I'm too tough for that. But, you know, it's just that, um, you know, I had to get to that point in my life. Because before that, yes, Lori, I was very, very broken. We all are. We we all are. And so then we have to learn how to find ourselves, you know. And if you're in an abusive home where there's all this stuff going on, maybe there's domestic violence. 
Maybe there's drug abuse. Maybe there's, there's all kinds of things. And maybe the sexual abuse is happening at home, okay? We certainly have a lot of people on the show that went through that as well. I did. There's a lot of them. I'm not unique. So, you see, what happens is that um, we lose a sense of self. Mm-hmm. And and someone once said to me, I have this picture. I never threw it out. Oh, my God. It was a school picture. And I was in the pedophile house. So someone once said to me, you have dead eyes. Dead eyes. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that expression before. I didn't quite know what the heck they meant. I was still breathing. What are they talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it, it doesn't make sense to me. But um, I guess there was no joy, I suppose. No joy, no laughter, you know. Um, your soul feels dead. You, you feel dead, your spirit, your spirit, because you're going through so much. So these kids that you're talking about, I'm going to go to Philip in a minute. These kids that you're talking about who are being, you know, abused on a daily basis, who have been kidnapped, um, who are being trafficked out, and, and all this other stuff. Imagine, like you said at the very beginning, how they feel. You know, I know what it's like to be kidnapped, and I, I think you got kidnapped too, didn't you? Yes, I have. I was kidnapped yes. and, and raped and everything. Really yep. world, yes. Me too. Absolutely. All right. So, I mean, when when kids are, are kidnapped, and Bill was kidnapped too, um, that was a two weeks uh, thing for him, and his parents didn't story. know it. Yeah, his parents well, he didn't know that. it. I just that's see, that's a perfect example, Brother Bill's story. How easy mm-hmm. to be lured, you know, and, and held against your will. And I want to say to Lori that the, the young lady you're talking about, they made a lifetime movie of her story too. I think that so I know. Yeah, they did. Exactly. They made a lifetime movie of her Maybe story. She, yeah, that means that she's dealing with it at least. Thank God. If I mind, it was a neighbor. So he, so, so he, that lets you know he's been watching her right all her freaking lifetime growing up. He was, right, he was yeah. infatuated. You know, that's how, that's when they talk. You know, so as soon as you said her name, I knew that sounded familiar. I remember they did a lifetime movie of her story. And that's I don't cool. know how in the world this guy could think that he was going to be able to get away with it. Yeah. And the amount of police that were in and around that house, which and they're upper class than where we were. Yeah. And it was nonstop. And, you know, we also are, we were all there, like, you know, where we lived. But, I mean, how did he think he was going to get away with it? They do, though. They think they yeah, can they get do. away with it. And that's they the problem. They think they're smarter. They, they think they're smarter. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's... Um, what they do, and then also too, though, that's how they can get caught. You see, because mm-hmm. they think they're so smart that, um, well, they're they're smarter than the cops, they're smarter than the parents, they're smarter than everybody. You know, they mm-hmm. have this type of ego, this sick, sick, sick ego, that they're going to uh, be able to pull it off and do exactly what they want when they want, and and, and all this other stuff. So let, let me go down mm-hmm. to to Philip because we haven't heard from him yet. Oops, I have a black screen. I turned my body. There we go. <laughs> um, Philip, uh, do you have any questions or comments you want to make? I wish it was just a like, safe world to go out in. It's kind of sad that it's not safe. 
Did you anybody hear what he said? Because my head, my head. I didn't Yeah, I didn't get it. Can you hear me now? That's yeah, better. it's better. It's kind of sad that it's not a safe world. I wish it was a safe world. Yeah. Right. I didn't hear so him again. <laughs> hey, oh, no, Paul, I scream. Go ahead, scream. You have my permission. <laughs> you don't Too want bad that. it's not a safe world. No, it's not a safe word, a world. And this is why it's so important. It's so important, you know, for you know, for the things that we, we say to people, for them to listen. Because it isn't a safe world. I very much believe in community. Okay. And and if people in communities, like in their urban areas especially and so forth, if they would um you know, be more educated, I mean, you have the PTA. Lori, I think you once mentioned this. They, I mentioned I think it a few you. times. Oh, All right, yeah. there you go. If mm-hmm. uh, At the PTA meeting, if they would talk more about, you know, things like this to educate, to educate, you know, parents. Because those that go to the PTA meetings, you know, they do care about their children. My mother never went to a PTA meeting. <laughs> she looked at it and laughed, you know. And... um but those who do take it seriously and go to the PTA meetings um, have their children's best interest in mind. And if they were taught, you know, about, as I always say, the good, the bad, and the ugly, what to look out for, um, and and teach your children right, then this is one way of fighting child abuse. We can't stop it. But maybe, just maybe, we can help make a difference. And every child is precious. Every life is precious. So if they get educated, you know, then maybe, just maybe, it'll help keep them, you know, from from being one of those children that become missing. <laughs> and I had one girl around here recently um, who was missing, and they thought that she... Um, was in Montclair, I think, ended up over there, and um, maybe now in New York City, okay. And I don't know if they ever found her or not. But And you and you go on other lines, you know, um, other shows like us, and a lot of times they talk about kids who are missing. They're missing all over the place, all over mm-hmm. the place. So it is a dangerous world. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, it's always been dangerous. We know this because uh, I'm not 22 anymore. <laughs> My abuse started when I was six. Okay. Yeah. And and so how many years ago was that? All right. Seventy? Are you nuts? I don't even like to think about it. So mm-hmm. but, and Philip always laughs, but anyway, that's okay. Um, but the truth of the matter is, that's the truth. It's been, child abuse has been around all the time. It's just that it's getting worse because of the situations like the human trafficking people, all right? That makes it worse. You know, there's, uh, you know, with that involved. And uh, in March, I think it was, there was supposed to be 900 kids who were supposed to meet relatives, okay, in in our country. They never made it. Mm -hmm. They never made it. So, you see, when you have situations like that, um, it puts our children much, 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 much more at risk. Absolutely. So the movies that are coming out now, 
I just received a phone call right before the show. And I'm not going to say too much about it, but he had, uh, because everything is in the process, so I'm not going to mention names. I'm not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, he's trying so hard to um, get his movie out there, and um, and I hope he does it, okay? And he has a lot of people that are, are backing him and um, so forth and so on. So the more movies we get out there, People look. I'm, on Tuesday, I'm going to go see the movie we're speaking about. The other one, okay. And um, the yeah, the Sound of Freedom. It, what, what was it again? Sound I have it. Silent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that that's actually a five year old um, movie, and and Hollywood didn't want to release it. Okay. They didn't want. That's right. Oh, so you did your research too. That is absolutely mm-hmm. true. That's right. And I am always doing research, but that's how I learn, too, all right? So, but anyway, well, why do you think? In fact, I even said something uh, online today. Um, why do you think people don't, um, you know, want that movie to get out there? And someone was saying that it's the type of movie that it shouldn't be out there. Why? I'll tell you why. Because we've learned long ago. If kids wanted to get, you know, in better parts in movies and stuff like that, what did they do? Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're talking mm-hmm. about the couch here. So, you know, this is nothing new, you know. And, um, and when they see that people are, you know, so involved, and sometimes the parents aren't good parents and they allow for it, just so so-and-so can get a better part. There was an article mm-hmm. I saw years ago about it. That's how I learned about it. I didn't know all that stuff was going on. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's everywhere. But what what can we do as a people? What we can do is to look inside our own homes, and uh, a lot of times there's family members who go after our children. Okay. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, we've all been through that. A lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. So because of that, we have to be really, you know, look them over, man. You know, they're, they're very good at hiding things. But one thing, like with children, if people would only learn the signs, um, which we do speak about from time to time, you know, God bless you. I think you sneeze, but I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, so, um, you know, if your kid starts to act out, say, say they're usually a quiet kid. You know, one that's not too um, aggressive or anything like that. If they start acting out, their behavior changes. A lot of this is, you know, environmental conditioning. But it can come from family members, and the, the, the core family doesn't even know it. They're not aware of it. And the kid has been warned, you don't say a thing. No one's going to believe you, and, you know, just forget about it. You, or I'm going to kill your cat, God forbid, all right? Um, or I'll, I'll kill somebody in the family, your family. Okay, they're extended mm-hmm. family members. So, you know, so the kid keeps quiet, and they, they walk around, you know, with this secret, this horrible, horrible, horrible secret, until they decide they are going to tell. It took me a year and a half when I was six to seven and a half, and finally I found someone in the family who approached me and said, um, Carol, I don't like the way you look. You know, you're too skinny. Um, you look like you need to um, 
take a bath. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to take a bath except for once a week. That was it. Going to school like that, thank you very much. So, you know, things like that. And um, the way the, I, I didn't make eye contact. So, I mean, I, I look at the, the list of things, you know, with children. Now, these are all red flags. They're red flags. Mm-hmm. They're doing poorly all of a sudden in school. Um, you know, they try to skip school. Uh, or then, you know, I started, you know, getting into alcohol and stuff at a very early age because um, once I was out of that house and then into another house, um, my cousin was online. I was so happy to see her today and mm-hmm. um, happy that she's showing an interest. She was right on our, our NASCA Facebook. I lived with them for a while. And um, so I was moved around a lot. So no one ever told me about, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I already already learned it at the age of six. I said, I know what to do with it. So how does it affect a child, Michelle, when they're being sexually abused by family members? It's devastating. They happen to me. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandfather, my uncle, my cousin. Bad enough when, it, when you're one family member and then you're already traumatized and you get passed on and it happens to other, in, to other relatives, mm-hmm. you know. And um, then it goes. And they don't, have, they don't, you know, children, you know, when we're kids, we look up for the adults to protect us, to love us. And when you get traumatized in that way, if you ain't never experienced that, it's, it's undescribable. Mm-hmm. It's, first of all, it stunts our growth. We, our bodies continue to grow, but we're still in that mindset mind of the the traumatized, the trauma that happened to us, the assaults. You know, and then you have the and a kid will have the idea of looking at sex as painful. Mm-hmm. Because they're not loving, and you know it just makes me sick to my stomach with a grown man stick his thing in a child. I don't that mm-hmm. I, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. A child's body is not even made for that, and we get ripped apart. That's right. But the but the parents today don't want to talk about child abuse or human trafficking because it's quote unquote it ain't happened to you or your children. Where is the compassion for children, period? Where is the compassion? I know. I agree with you. We need to, and that's why I will continue to do what I'm doing until the day I die. If I can that's rescue, right. if God used me to rescue one, I done did my, I done did my job. If I can talk mm-hmm. to one parent out of a room of a hundred, I done did my job. My goal mm-hmm. every day when I leave out of this house is to, is to to be a voice, to spread the story and to tell the truth about pedophiles and perverts and sexual child abuse that is happening every few minutes. A child is being raped every few minutes, right. and I might mm-hmm. be even wrong on every few minutes. It might be every few seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just want people that are listening to just think about that. What about a child locked up in the room being raped by 10 to 15 men a day? 
the little body of a little girl or a little boy. That's right. That's Their right. innocence are taken away, just like our That's innocence right. were taken away. It's it's so disgusting, Michelle. You know, um, there's people. You know, like okay, we've got the pedophiles. We all know about that. We talk about it constantly on our show. But then you have the hebephilias, and they have a sexual interest in early adolescence, typically ages 11 to 14. Mm-hmm. Well, just because a kid is 14, okay, that doesn't mean that they're ready for sex uh, mentally either, okay? And it's ridiculous. Then you have the, this and this, the chronophilias, and uh, <laughs> that's a crazy word, but that's what it is. Not as much known about these people. But they like infants and toddlers, yes. So you spark yeah. something in there because you mentioned, you know, little, little kids. And, they're, you know, it's just disgusting. Now, that comes from the National Strategy for Child and Exploitation Prevention. And you have Project Safe Childhood. Hmm? The, the worst case that I heard of mm-hmm. happened in Mexico, an eight-month-old little girl, gorgeous. She, The man was raping her. So much that her insides came out. She died. Yeah. She oh, died. Jesus. Yeah. And I, I was sick physically and mentally for days after yeah. looking at this documentary and looking at her little body in the casket and how the family, I mean, they, they, they uh, I can't even say what happened to the person who did it. They didn't find them. He ain't with the president. He just disappeared. Now, he didn't disappear. The family got rid of him. They found that person. But can you imagine eight months? Disgusting, Michelle. You so think you're seeing you a little down? This ain't even, ain't even developed. Not even the, her body wasn't even developed yet, for real. Viciously raped I, her. Uh, I had a phone call um Wow, I've got so much information here. i That's from the Mayo Clinic. I, I had um, a phone call some months ago. It's very disturbing. Uh-huh. And um, this gal didn't want to come on the show, but she wanted to speak about, you know, infancy, sexual abuse okay. to me. All right? And that's why I looked mm-hmm. that stuff up, and I got those names for you. So, all right, so anyway... Um, she said that she'd been, you know, abused, she was quite sure, as an infant, and that she had all kinds of medical issues um, because of that. And it was vaginal and anal, all kinds of different, uh, you know, they, oh, this guy was a, a, a maniac, a maniac, because he did it until she was a little bit older, too. And so the older that she got, um, but not too old, because don't forget, that type of person, I'm sure they don't want them past five, okay? So, um, you know, she described what she could remember to me. And when I got off the phone, I remember I felt like throwing up. And um, I went and I looked this up, and I, I got the names of the different categories and age groups. And I, I said to her, well, what could they possibly do um, with an infant, okay, outside of, you know, well, you've got rubbing, right, okay, in the vaginal area. Maybe they don't enter the baby or they can't. 
So they, they do it that way. And then, of course, what does a baby do so often? You know, they have their little tongues out, and, you know, I'm like, I don't know, what do I well, that's another way, okay? So well, the second I think that, thing I heard, the second thing uh-huh. I heard, that was the first one, the worst, about the eight-month-old. The second thing, the baby, mm-hmm. it was a baby, and all of a sudden the baby wasn't taking no formula, no breakfast. They couldn't understand. To the baby to the hospital, and they found sperms down her freaking throat. Mm-hmm. Because the man right. was sticking his thing in her mouth, and she was sucking on that. And she got used to that. I can't. I, I, well, you see, that, that's what this is the world, though, that we live in. Um, look, I can take stuff like this because I've studied it and I've been through it, and I just I became very tough. That's one of the reasons why I'm still standing. I'm sure of it. Okay? Of course. So you know, and why I fight it so much. You, we, we're all warriors on this show. The whole bunch of us. And um, so you know. We can talk about it much more easily, actually, than than other people who've never, you know, experienced it or even, you know, spoken about it and and so forth. I remember when I was teaching classes over at the university um, a few years back, right before COVID. I people would get, you know, they swishing around their chair. They didn't like what I'm saying, okay. <laughs> but I was asked by the crime victims unit which is what I was a part of, and that was, uh, I did that for five years. Um, we had seven-day programs, okay, and they put me in charge of the uh, the child abuse. Well, being a survivor of child abuse, I'm going to say something here. We know all the ins and outs, don't we? <laughs> all right? Mm-hmm. And so we can we can talk about it. We can talk about it openly, freely, um and those of us who do public speaking, you know, it's um, it, it's not hard for us to do it, okay? We never get over this. and um, But on the other hand, I'm not going to let it define, you know, who I am. I'm just going to fight harder. That's what I'm going to do and keep my mouth going. And if people don't like it, they can turn and walk away. I don't go. You know, that's how I am. But at least mm-hmm. I'm doing the right thing by educating, educating. So the classes that I worked with, I was working with a professor. I had two professors. And, um, you know, we would show videos. I actually used some of our videos from uh, NASCA. We had a couple of videos that were really, really good. I wonder if they're still there. I haven't looked. But um, I took them, you know, I, I got them. I, I took them in, and I, you know, these videos, and, and it showed it to them, you know, in classes. And mm-hmm. uh, once in a while, someone would be too upset. I could see it. and But I can't stop what I'm talking about because I want people to learn. Mm-hmm. So a couple times they did leave the classroom. There were a couple. And one boy, which I mentioned on air before, he started to cry. And that was in a big auditorium. There's a lot of people around. But he couldn't handle it. He was right in the front row. And he just simply left. And then he came back. And I found out later on that, yeah, he was being beaten up and so forth at home. And it was too close to home, okay. And uh, now that was in the university. I also spoke in churches. I actually got into a couple of churches, not Catholic, <laughs> all right. But um, 
Okay, I got into a couple of churches and and that was fine and and they learned a lot and I you know they said thank you for fusing all this stuff. So wherever we can speak, or if we write our books, or if we write our songs, or um, whatever it is that we do, you know, for children, and and also to educate parents or those who are going to become social workers. Do you do you realize that some of the professors didn't have as much information as we have here at NASCA? Mm. Uh, one time I was speaking to um, a, a bunch of police officers, and um, some of them knew a lot and some of them didn't. They had to be more educated. And then after that, I think it was the next year, they started teaching um, more about child abuse. Because when they go mm-hmm. for domestic, uh, you know, phone calls, they get a, this call and all this other stuff, um, they never know what they're walking into, the police officers. They don't know. The people could have guns. They could have knives. They could have anything could be a weapon, okay? And maybe they're a lunatic and they're going to pull a trigger. You just never know if they have a gun. And as far as the children are concerned, even though a, a child might be abused, all right, now I've seen this, Abused by the parents. Now, it doesn't always have to be sexual. Instead of being beaten up. Mm-hmm. Um, still, when the police come, they turn and cling on to their parents. Okay? They don't want to be taken out many times from the home. They want mommy and daddy to love them. Mm-hmm. So, you see, they have to be trained what signs to look for, mm-hmm. even when they go on those calls. They just simply do. Right. So there's so much that, you know, society has to, to learn. So we need people to go out and speak about it. We need people to write about it. We need people, you know, on the shows here. Uh, Carol, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, come right back to standby. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, that's what we have to do. Isn't that right, Lori? We have to treat, you know, educate people. That's what we have to do. Absolutely. I mean, this is a. I'm in a situation where I can't get out anywhere. I mean, you know that. But an alternative that I came up with, this new house here has got peaks on it, and there's nothing up here. And I'm into decorating, and I'm into uh, fighting child abuse from even before I came on NASCA um, with signs, actually. Mm-hmm. So they sell these most beautiful letterings, like in Hobby Lobby and whatnot. And I'm putting together in my head um, a theme for the outside of the house, angels, and the kids that we've lost, the kids I was involved with from before, okay, you know, all along. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. signs also are a good way to get it out. Street names. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going down the street, oh, this is last year, I think, it's on, I, ha, I don't do my story, okay, <laughs> you know, that, that area where people put pictures, and then you open it up, and then it shows same. I don't do that, but I was going down the street, and at the bottom of my hill, and then a little bit on 31, they, um, there was a bunch of people outside with signs, okay, they were walking, and they were walking down the street, which was a very good thing, I saw the signs, and it was all about child abuse. So I got out of my car. Michelle was with me. Michelle and I go out a lot together. And um, I went running over to those people holding the signs. 
and it was um, about child trafficking, and, and each sign says a little something different. And I have them on my, you know, on my pictures and my photos, the pictures of them. So you see, they're using signs, and you know, the people that went by, I was getting such a kick out of this, the people that went by them, uh, a lot of them were honking and, and, you know, giving them like a thumbs up, that type of thing. And um, I, I was happy to see that. I was happy to see that. And they were all ages. They were all ages. So you, see you know what people... I thought is? Oh, Go sorry, ahead. I, I'm just going to lose the thought, and I know me. You know me. No, no, no. What yeah, I did you're doing, you're doing fine. Now. Go ahead. <laughs> I Go actually ahead. took a poster board, and I blew up pictures of these these brother and sister I had been following for years, Darby and Kiara, and I made their their poster with the pictures of them at the the cemetery, like in the ground, and their family around and putting flowers on the grave. And I wrote their name. I stenciled out their names, um, just like a gravestone. And I have to put a saying because the murder was never solved, even though they know it was like seeking justice for Darby and Kiara. I put it on the sign right in the front of my yard. Uh, on a stand like an easel, and people stop and ask, mm-hmm. you know, so it got, the stuff like this, you know, has to be put more into use, I think, you know, put on a poster that, you know, you're driving down the road, and you see all these signs up on top, why not mm-hmm. somebody donate all kinds of things related to child abuse on one of those signs? That's great, that's great, that's wonderful. And you see, you're doing that on your own, and it, it, it doesn't cost that much. You know, we can all afford to do that. And um, you're getting the word out, okay? You're helping to show that you care, and uh, then other people start thinking, and maybe they should care too, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then they get involved. And and Lori also makes, I'm going to say it, for the preemies in the hospital, she makes blankets, she makes pillows, and um, all kinds of stuff for the babies. And and it's just so pretty. She was putting it online for a while. And she does not put her name on it. Nope. In fact, she doesn't even deliver this stuff. She has somebody else do that, huh, Lori? <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> so people don't know what she's doing. Okay? They don't know that it's her. Now, that's, that's because totally... I do one, like, there's no thousands and thousands of people, really, who do what I do. It's like, I just don't, you know, I do what I do because it's my job. You know, just mm-hmm. like we all do what we do. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm just one to stay, I'm more introverted than extroverted, so I'm comfortable like that. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't need to my, my name, I'm just a helper. Well, you see, you're not as much as an introvert as you used to be, okay? That's because you got to win with me, the blabbermouth, all right? <laughs> so Lori now, she um, she does a lot of, uh, you know, talking on the show, and I'm so proud of her that she's able to, you know, to talk as much as she does. And that's a good thing because we need everybody, you know, if they can, if they can, um, you know, to speak of their views and, and all this other stuff. So, um, yeah, I've seen a big change with Lori, and I think that I think she's pretty amazing too. You know, um, with all the stuff that she does do. Uh, all right, so now I'm going to dive under the table. You have to stop. 
<laughs> I, well, I'm, I, I believe in, in telling, you know, when people do something good, and Michelle's the same way, when people do something good, when they do something good, you talk about it. You know, you, you let that person know that we appreciate all the things that they do, their efforts. I mean, picture all the hundreds of blankets that she's made, Michelle, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she, all the work that's involved with that. All right, preemies aren't very big babies, but, but even so, you know, it's it's each one takes a certain amount of time. And then she makes pillows, Right. And and uh, and and a lot of times I think they have cartoon characters on them or something. I've seen her do a couple of that. I don't know how she does that. My God! But you know, so that's showing a love for children and for humanity. Okay, for humanity. Um, not even letting people know that you're the one that does that. You know, you, this is a gift. We all have our gifts. And Michelle has been in so many different um, positions in her life, you know, of helping people. And she and I both work with the homeless. I haven't lately because I want to go into New York again, and people don't want to go into New York, <laughs> okay? Um, but that I don't know how long that's going to go on for. Who knows? But um, I've done a lot of work with them in the city. I like that. I did it. And um, it was a good feeling. I know what it's like to be hungry, honey, okay? So I wanted to um, to give back, to give back. So that's a lot of us, you know, when we take the jobs that we take or what we do here on this show, we come from backgrounds where we're so happy that we did make it, okay? So that's what we do. And, you know, it's a good thing. And this is, I've seen a big difference in, um, you know, people are talking about child abuse. Ten years ago, they weren't, okay? And when I wrote my book, for God's sake, how many years ago, ten years ago, something like that? I don't know, something like that. Um, There was only one other book on Amazon, like mine, a memoir. My book made it to Japan, and now the last I heard it was in Down Under, as they call it. Um, I don't know what happened to her book, but now when you go to the section of books on uh, memoirs and things like that, they're flooded. This is good. This is good. People are reading, okay? Maybe they're not doing anything to to help themselves exactly, you know, like what we do, whether it be public speaking, songwriting, um, blogging, uh, doing shows like this, whatever it is. Um, at, At least they're buying the books. And they're reading. And that's good. Because in that way, you know, they can think to themselves, you know what? My cousin went through things like that. Oh, my God. Now I understand how that person felt. The fear factor. I always bring that up. Lately I have been anyway. The fear factor. Um, Waiting for the doorknob to turn. And knowing that that person was going to come through on the other side. The fear factor. I think that's one of the worst parts of, uh, you know, sexual abuse when a kid is, um, they know they hear someone coming up the steps or something. They know they're coming up to do their dirty deed, let's put it that way, okay? And I remember the fear factor, what I went through, and I'm not unique. This is what we all go through, 
Michelle, before the time yeah. that you were getting abused, you I know you weren't um, thinking, oh, boy, here we go again. No, you had like um you're scared. When you're a kid, you're scared. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So there's so much, you know, to talk about with child abuse. And um, that's how I developed my panic attacks, for God's sake. Someone was looking at me, this guy, and I'd never seen him before. He was in the city uh, pool in Staten Island with a friend of mine. And uh, for some reason, this guy was looking at me with hatred. I never saw him before. Mm-hmm. Why was he doing this? And I went into panic mode. That was my first panic attack. Now, mm. you see, it became a way of life, and that's when it is called panic disorder. So naturally, mm. when I got a little bit older and, and I got myself, my head straightened out and all this stuff, I, what do I do? Just like everybody else, and many of us, we, you know, we align ourselves with jobs that we understand We've been there, okay, right. and we can be the most effective. So, you you know, whether you're being paid or you're not being paid, I had both, did both. Um, you you know, when you go to the shelters or you, or you go underground, you have the underground that you're involved with. Um, oh, my phone never stops. Good God, I'm going to put it in the other room. I don't, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> That's stupid. Mm. Um, but, you know, hey, yeah, go away. Um now, see, I'm running a show, and I'm, my phone went off. So so what I'm trying to say is the fear factor is something, a lot of times we don't separate that. We don't talk about it. But if you think about it, all of us who have been abused, okay, we know what that feeling is. And, and you know, the person even approaching, say, the bedroom, what did it do to me? I have knives all over the place. <laughs> I've got mm-hmm. nunchucks under the bed. Let me tell you something. If I tried to use those nunchucks, I'd probably hit myself in the head, all right? <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how to, to use them, but I've got them. Um, and other right. things that I'm not going to mention, okay? So what what happens is, you know, um, we're so afraid so much in our life that um, we tend to try to protect ourselves even after we need protecting. Mm-hmm. You know, we do that. We do that. So... Yeah, we do. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there, there's no way of getting away from what happens to us when we're children. Yes, we can grow. <laughs> we absolutely can. Um, and we get help. Um, and if we get the proper help, um, we turn into people who are very productive. Um, we are not worthless people. Many of us are very talented, you know, in one mm-hmm. way or another. And um, we, though, tend to, you know, serve. That's what we do. We serve. We're serving. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. What else do you have to say? No, that's it. I'm, I was agreeing with you. Mhm. I think we also have identity problems because you know why? Every time mm-hmm. we get interrupted from abuse and whatnot, so I was saying we're stunted like in a way. You mm-hmm. know, part of us doesn't develop right. So sometimes we don't even grow into the people we're supposed to be. You know, just totally mm-hmm. sidetracked ones usually end up in you know the system. They get caught up. 
because they don't know any better. They just do whatever it is that they want to do. But you never know. And I started wondering about that, you know, because I'm getting up there. Who am I? (laughs) I know what I do. You know, I know my own set of morals and whatnot, but I don't exactly know who is inside me. I didn't get a chance to do that. And that's the same with kids that have their lives totally run by something. Um, mm-hmm. Sex trafficking, of course, is, I think is the most horrible thing. Uh, I know it. Just my fan, my father just did to me. And the one thing I was thankful for was that he didn't pass me around. He could have. You know, I know mm-hmm. girls that were passed around. But wow. with him, it was like a. I know he had me as a baby, and it was every single night, like even during the day, because my mother stayed in bed all day. He had access to me, and I was there because I was guarding my sister. So you always end up, when you get to a certain age, that you wonder if you became who you were born to be, like whatever gifts you were given, whatever road you would have preferred to have taken, you know? Yeah, I was wondering about that lately. Well, I feel like... What I've done and what I do um, is what I'm supposed to do. I don't have any problem that way. Um, I still have issues like the fear factor. I'm hyper vigilant. Okay. Um, if a if a cup is falling from the the you know the cupboard, my right hand is so quick that I catch it near. <laughs> That's okay. You know, um, didn't break. All right. Um, mm. I go into um, I go into a, a restaurant, and the first thing I look for is the exit door. I do that. I find myself doing that all the time. Right? Mm. Most women, they want to know where the bathroom is, right? Yeah. So, or people, maybe it's not uh, a gender topic, whomever, whatever. But I, I look for the um, the exit door. And I feel comfortable doing that because then I know, okay, if something bad happens, I know where that is, okay? I'll just get the heck out of here, <laughs> all right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we always have little things from the past. Relationships, mm-hmm. which I probably talk, I might talk about tomorrow, too, on those pedophiles. I want to get back to that, you know, that article. But... Mm-hmm. Um, with um, relationships, we have problems with relationships many times. Many times it's not our fault, okay? Yeah, right. And um, like with my first husband, he um, sort of like, I didn't fall back in love with him, believe me. <laughs> I went through too much with him. And he always ignored the kids. I hated that. Because mm-hmm. that's how I was brought up, you know. So um, I divorced him, and he he never remarried. He ended up living with his sister. But Mm -hmm. my son found him online, Michelle. She found him, or he found him, really. Mm -hmm. And um, he called, called the number, got the number, and Mm -hmm. he called him. And he wasn't nice on the other end. I thought, well, what did you expect? I didn't know what he was doing this, for God's sake. Um, and then after a while, they did, you know, talk more nicely to each other. But the last thing he said to David was, 
I don't ever want you kids to think that any of this was your fault. You're good kids. And your mother was a good wife and a good mother. I know she's a good mother. Well, that sort of like redeemed him a little bit in my eyes. Maybe in the kids' eyes, too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, you don't hear that too often. You don't hear that too often. No, you don't. No. And uh, I, he had cancer of the bladder. They thought they'd gotten it. And he died about a year or two after that because it came back or something. Mm-hmm. But he was an alcoholic, drug addict, okay, and mm-hmm. a gambler on top of it all. And I didn't know he was a gambling man. I wouldn't have married him. <laughs> I wouldn't have. Uh, the other things, I, I, I was a drinker, too, and, and pop drugs. I mean, you know, I was popping pills, man, you know. But... Um, mm-hmm. Now I cut them in half. The doctors laugh at me. Um, actually, uh, Marty taught me to do that, and he put it in my vials. I don't know. Some of those men, I have to throw them out because I don't even know how old they are. That's crazy. It doesn't matter what the label mm-hmm. says. It's something that he did in my bottle. Thank you very much. So, um, and he had his problems. So with relationships, many times because we come from homes that are so, so dysfunctional, um, we tend to choose dysfunctional partners. We just simply do. Mm-hmm. And um, and I will never, ever get married again. And let me tell you something. I'm very young for my age, okay? Very, very young. People never take me for my age. And uh, I still act like a person who's not my age, okay? So mm-hmm. in, in all ways, all right? So... What you'd think is that I would hate men. You'd think women like us would hate men, and I don't hate men at all, okay? Um, but I used to, but I'm healed from all that. Did you? Did you? Oh, I hated men. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I felt like I wanted to punish them, but I didn't realize I was punishing me. This is after all that I went through. You know, mm-hmm. I fell into addiction and depression and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I felt like whatever I did to them, it was paying them back. But at the end, it, was, it wasn't. <laughs> I was hurting me, you know. Well, it affects our relationships. I, I have a show that I'm going to do during the week or whatever on relationships. But um, what, what did we have as a, an example, all right? I have to admit that when my mother remarried to my stepfather, Neither one of them cared about kids, all right, period. Mm -hmm. But they had a very good marriage. So, I mean, maybe that should have been an example to me. I saw how they, you know, communicated and and, um, just treated each other in in general. But I think the damage Mm -hmm. had been done. Absolutely. And I just didn't learn from it somehow. And a lot of us are like that. So when we're so abused as children, and of course, when it's uh, time after time after time, you get your post-traumatic stress disorder, um, and the disorder comes on because it's something that is happens repetitively. It ruins your mm-hmm. life or it rules your life, whatever, which way you want to look at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we, we just can't choose. So, okay, I'm alone, and I'm for the first time, I'm not. This is the way I look at it. Seriously, I'm not being screamed at. I'm I'm not being shoved. 
I'm not being beaten. I'm not being taken advantage of. And all these things, I don't have to answer for anything. Where are you going and what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I want to go to the store. Well, how long are you going to be? Well, maybe I'll go with you. Why? Maybe I need some alone time. You know, It's not good to be joined at the hip. You need to learn to be able to, you know, he could go out and shoot pool if he wanted to. Marty loved to shoot pool. Um, and and I like to go over my friends, or I like to go shopping, or, or whatever. And I think everyone needs a little bit of alone time. Now in this world, they're even saying today that no one should walk alone. Mm-hmm. And I think they're probably right. Um, it's very very difficult. And another thing too, something else I'm going to address is the loneliness. Uh, people are getting very, very lonely. You know why? Because they live alone and they're afraid to go out. Mm-hmm. I saw an article today on that. And uh, I think they may have spoken about it a little bit. On, yeah, they spoke on TV about it, too. So this is fresh. This is something of the news because I have the news channel everywhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> even on my computer. So, all right, so there's an epidemic almost of people being lonely. Why well, never get lonely? If I get bored, yeah. I can get bored. There's a difference between bored and lonely. Um, right. I just jump in the car and take off, you know, and go do something, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then because of what's happened in the, happening in the world, we have to talk about current events. It certainly is, you know, um, hurting people's lifestyles because – Hey, if they live in like in city areas and all this other stuff, and even in the suburbs, I, I'm not going to talk about my neighbors, but um, I'm going to just tell you this. I, Lori, you, she, Lori said, Carol, you might as well be in the city the other day. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's like, uh, do, you, do you remember Peyton Place many years ago? <laughs> yep, I do. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to say anymore. You got the idea. <laughs> all right, so I mean, there's all kinds of stuff happening. Okay, so. Um, mm. That's the world we live in. So people, yeah. instead of being as social as they were at one time, instead mm-hmm. they're becoming almost antisocial. That's what I saw. They're afraid wow. to go out of the house. And you see, that is a scary thing, isn't it? That's Well, scary. that used to be me, so that's why I can relate to what that used to be me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah, I've been in this neighborhood. I've been in prison for 10 years. I didn't, I, I didn't see the outside world for 10 years of my life. Mm-hmm. So I know that. You know, yeah. yeah, I find yeah. a lot of people over here, they're going around twice because they're older people. I was talking to my 80-year-old neighbor who could be in a magazine. She's so beautiful, full of life, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. And she was telling me that her first love of her life when she was a kid, um, they didn't get married for some reason, maybe too young. They went and had their, you know, married somebody else, had their lives, and now they were widow and widower, and they got reconnected. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, since you're living longer, there's a whole parade of people your age out there. And they they plan out events, you know, it's like they go out and stuff, and they all say they don't mind, like, living alone because they don't get lonely because they have interaction. And I think as long as you have interaction, 
before a nursing home. You know, it was either that or whatever. Uh, I think everybody's going to be fine. Well, people are living longer, all right? I mean, some of the meds, I mean, I feel crappy tonight because I've had too many antibiotics now for the bronchitis, and I feel nauseous. But I have to admit, it got rid of the bronchitis, okay? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm going to have to wait for this to get out of my system. But they they do have um, longer lifespans. If you look back 20 years ago, life, lifespan was not... Uh, as what it is today, today they are getting older. We are getting older. All of us are getting older. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that quality of life, you know, that's the problem, though. We may be getting older, but what are they doing? They're so scared they won't, you know, leave the house because of the world that we live in. A lot of a lot of older people are getting attacked. You know, yes, they, they are. are. Yes. Yeah, that's true. That's going on forever because remember when they used to give you a social security check in the mail and you have to go walk to the bank you know, mm-hmm. like to cash it, and then that's when the predators are out. Both my grandparents right. got attacked. One's hip was broken. The other one got slashed. Um, oh, my God. I mean, and that's like how many? I'm 65, so that's for the, the grandmother, so we had some time for that. That's how long it's been going on, and even before that, too. Uh, yeah. Well, I think, though, what they're doing with these people out on the street, um, they, I mean, they hit people for no reason. It, it, they don't even have to have a weapon. They just go up and start punching them. <laughs> you know, I, I watch the news all the time, so I see this. And then, of course, the store owners, the ones in the city that do have the, the bodegas, okay, um, they're in there, and uh, they'll get rushed. You know, it'll be like three or four that'll go in at the same time. And um, there's been terrible battles inside the stores. Now, people are starting to fight back. They are. Because I saw on the news today, right before the show, and before that phone call that came in. But anyway, the point is this. Um, this guy was carrying a big stick, a big stick. And I remember seeing a movie years ago that uh, where this guy carried a big stick. <laughs> and, you know, he was like a sheriff or something. I don't remember the name of the movie. I have to look it up just for the heck of it. But this guy was carrying a big stick, and um, people came into his store, and they were going to ransack it and take whatever they wanted, okay? So he mm-hmm. was hitting them with this big stick. And I, I think that um, I think there was another employee that probably worked under him, an employee, who was helping to hold people down so he could hit them with his big stick. So, I mean, they're starting to fight back. Now, I don't, you know, advocate that people go around, you know, punching other people in the nose like I used to do <laughs> or walking around, you know, with weaponry where they, they you know, I'm, I'm not saying that. What I'm trying to say here is... Um, a lot of times in certain areas of the country, the, the cops are defunded. They don't have enough police officers. They can't get there fast enough, and so there's problems with that. And by God, if if I was, a, you know, the owner or, or working just even at Bodega or whatever, um, and someone came in, I'm not just going to stand there like a – if I go down fighting, I'll go down fighting. <laughs> That's just the way I am. At least I tried, okay? Because how dare 
society allow for that to happen, to turn into this? How dare. So this isn't right. And I think people do have to take a stand to a certain degree. Now, there's always, you know, and I say a certain degree, you don't do overboard, all right? You don't go around and start, you know, carrying guns and shooting people. I don't mean that at all. I don't believe in that. But I do think that we have a right to fight back one way or another, and um, I, that's self-preservation. I wasn't put on this earth to be born to into a, a wild world, like the Wild West, the way it used to be. <laughs> no. You know, and and all this sort of stuff. None of us were should have been abused the way that we were abused. Absolutely not. And um, so, if we have to take care of ourselves and fight back, and this is a big issue right now, people are saying, "Well, should they be allowed to fight back?" Well, why wouldn't we? If someone's about ready to hit me over the head, I'm not going to just stand there and say, "Go ahead." Would you? Either of you? No, I'm a fighter um, like you. I guess well, fighters, I, I you know, they, they come back like that. You know, that's the same attitude. We all are like that. Well, I, I'm just not going to take it, okay? I won't do it. So, I mean, I think, you know, when you're, when you're beaten a lot as a, as a child, okay, it either totally destroys you, destroys your spirit, this destroys you to the point where you have dead eyes. And if you don't get over it, if you don't get the help that you need, then you remain that way. You know, you have all of these issues. And um, you either come out of it or you don't. And the good news is is that we can heal so we can absolutely function and, and become what we're supposed to be. And Lori... With you doing a tremendous amount of things, I don't know what else you could be, okay? Same thing with Michelle. Same thing with myself. We, we do, you know, we do what we're supposed to do. That's what we do. Uh, up here, there's a youth center, you know, I'm wondering how many <laughs> kids do they have. I already got plans going through my head. You know, it's got to still be a way to, <laughs> all the way out on the mountain where you can get kids, you know, <laughs> gathered mm-hmm. together. I still have yet to see a school bus, though. I haven't seen one here. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'm going to be doing more. My life ain't over. Well, you know, it's we don't use yardsticks for what people do, what they don't do, you know what I'm saying? If you do something, it's better than doing nothing. And one of the things that parents have to learn to do and people in general have to learn to do is, of course, the old saying, which I said, what was I on Tuesday, I guess, or on Tuesday show, whatever, Monday show, whatever. Um, if you see something, of course, say something. And we're all, we can all be mandated reporters now, at least in the state of New Jersey, and it's going across the country. However, there is a, uh, a difference between the professional uh, mandated reporters mean like doctors if they see a child that has two bruises all over one, whatever. Um, and teachers, all right, that's one category. And then you have the people. I'm going to word it that way. We the people, because I'm not a doctor. And 
you know, we have the right, and we were, in fact, they're making it mandatory in some states, many states. It's going across the country now that if you see something and you don't say something, then you're equally as guilty as the person who's doing it. And I like this because, you see, people don't want to get in trouble because they kept their mouth shut. And if they start seeing people getting fined, because you can get fined, of course, when it hits the pocketbook, that's what people think of first, all right? So if you're going to get fined and uh, a, a large amount of money because you didn't say something, say the kid died, for God's sake, because you didn't open up your mouth. Well, then you are guilty. And even if he doesn't die, you're still guilty. So if we start having laws that, you know, and people backing those laws and, and showing that this does happen, it ends up on the Internet, so-and-so went to jail today because of blah, 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 and they'll see that, you know, it's, it's hit them and they better, you know, um, remain vigilant, become vigilant, and become proactive. So that's the last thing I'm going to say. Michelle, you're actually the guest, too. I mean, you are the guest. Um, We have 60 seconds. Well, if anyone didn't tell any of you guys and viewers or people listening that you you are not loved, that I want you to know that I love you personally and God loves you, too. And for strength, you can read Psalms 91 and Jeremiah 29, verse 11 through 14, and just spread the word about the sounds of freedom Let's spread it to all of our family yes. and spread it to our family here. And everybody you know to go see that movie so we support um, the struggle and the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the issue about, you know, about human trafficking because it's, it's real. And that's a ministry that is, is, is coming out of their pocket. And and going to fight human trafficking, and I support it 100. percent So we can let everybody know about it, and let's keep a lookout for any children that look different, that that from your own experience that look sad or their head down or look dingy or dirty clothes. Just, just look for signs, and when you see children out here in this world, and that's it. And that I love you guys, and I will try to be on tomorrow. Here, if Carol call me and remind me, I'll pop in. I'll, I'll call you, okay? And, mm-hmm. and and we always appreciate when you come on. And, Lori, thank you so much as usual. Thank you, both of you. I love you guys. You know that. And um, I think we had a pretty good, informative show, and that's what we try to do. You put the three of us together, we're the three musketeers. Yes, we are. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say that. Michelle, you're awesome. <laughs> Isn't she, though? Yeah, I, I, know. I know. She's just like an awesome person. I love coming on when you're here. Yeah. I, I, I told her I told her what you thought. You said mention that the other day, so I told her today. And I know yesterday she had a headache and she didn't feel well, and so she's here today. And if you can be on tomorrow, we'll have another awesome show because I'm going to do that thing on pedophiles. Yes, I am. Okay. So all right, um, everybody. I'm glad you listened. Philip hung up a little while ago. I couldn't hear him when he spoke. Anyway, I just can't hear him. I don't know. He's hard to well, he's hear. not speaking into the phone enough. He's like at a distance from the phone. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, I'll talk to him about it. But anyway, good night, everybody. Stay safe and uh, watch your back and watch your neighbor's back, too, okay? We'll be back tomorrow. Good night and God bless. Bye-bye now. Good night. Good night, honey.
Radio. Mm. 